What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlas Fitcast. I am your host, Andy Hayes. Today's sponsor is Atlas Fitness Evolved, providing progressive, challenging, and effective exercise programming to the World Wide Web. You can find Atlas Fitness Evolved on social media. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram, probably our main platform other than this podcast, and that would be at Atlas Fitness Evolved. And um, today's episode is going to be episode number 23, where I'm going to give you my special protocol for an awesome leg day. So people can put their workouts together in various different ways, uh, including full body workouts if you're a really busy person and you're only you know, lifting two days a week, you're probably going to be doing more full body workouts if you're... Uh, lifting three days a week, uh, you might do a full body, but then you could probably stand to split on the third, the second and third day. You could probably do an upper body only day and a leg only day. And if you're working out four plus days a week, um, my my favorite split is to do leg days and upper body days. And that doesn't mean you can't do a little bit mixed in within, um, like a little bit of legs mixed in with your upper body or a little bit upper body mixed in with your legs, but primarily um, I did want to discuss how you can get a really, really good leg workout with um, a little bit of uh, preparation and design before you go into it. So um, what I'm going to talk about is what you can do from start to finish with your time in the gym. So your warm-up all the way to the burnout or the finisher at the end of the workout. So I'm going to talk a little bit about exercise selections, reps and sets, the structure of it all, and then kind of the categories of different types of exercises. And then hopefully you can use it yourself or um, share it with someone that uh, you think would enjoy this episode. And um, we're just going to go straight into it here. So the first thing you'd want to do, obviously, uh, once you are, you know, in the gym, is to warm up. And I do have a uh, podcast all about warming up, but I'm going to go qu- uh, through this a little quicker than I did in that episode. I think I spent 30 to 35 minutes talking just about warm ups, but you're going to do three to five minutes of pretty much any cardiovascular modality that you 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 can do, um, whether that's Walking, jogging, elliptical, um, you could use the rower, uh, you could use a bike, anything to kind of start to circulate blood throughout your body, uh, get you a little bit warmer, maybe even break a sweat uh, within that three to five minutes. And then we're going to do some warm-up exercises specifically for your legs. And uh, we're going to start by, you know, getting a mat out or something. Um, if, if you don't care about a mat, you just want to lay on the floor, that's fine too. But um, some things just to mobilize your hips, your thoracic spine, uh, get your uh, ankles and your knees, uh, you know, moving back and forth uh, in different ways. And the first thing I would do is maybe some hip raises, lying flat on your back, uh, thrusting your hips towards the ceiling, up and down, uh, and then maybe alternate hugging your knee into your chest. Uh, kind of loosening up your low back and your hips that way. Uh, and then you can, while you're lying on your back, keeping your shoulder blades on the ground, 
doing some rotations where you kind of bend one knee up towards uh, your torso, but then you uh, let that knee fall off to the side, uh, and you're kind of twisting your, your torso one way. Uh, you might even get a, a little bit of a back pop out of that. I, I know that if I haven't done this for three to five hours, I, I generally get my, my back to pop from it, not in a bad way. Uh, it actually feels pretty good, and it just it just loosens up my, my spine a little bit. And uh, beyond that, one of my favorite exercises is a rolling sit-up where you are on in that lying down position face up. You are going to hug both knees into your chest and then kind of kick your legs forward. And then you're going to use the momentum of your legs straightening out to sit up. And then you're going to separate your feet and kind of reach out in front of you between your legs that have sprawled out and then roll back, and then um, you're going to be on the floor again, hug your knees again, uh, do that. Uh, that. That's a great little uh, warm-up mobility exercise that I like to do. Uh, in combination with other types of uh, you know, dynamic stretches that move your body, um, not necessarily holding the stretches for very long, because uh, whenever you stretch a muscle, uh, you can limit blood flow to it, um, which is why sometimes stretching does hurt a little bit. And so we want to hold the stretch no more, no more than maybe two to three seconds at a time, and then kind of helping the blood pump in and out of the muscle, uh, getting it more warmed up. And then uh, doing, I, I steal a lot of poses from yoga, but I do it in more of a flow. So I like doing some dynamic child's pose, some, uh, kneeling thoracic rotations, uh, maybe some cat, uh, camel, cat, cow, uh, you know, j just to kind of help the hips and the spine get loosened up also helps with the knees. Uh, and then from there, I'm, I'm generally ready to start doing uh, with myself or clients some standing exercises, which could be uh, inchworms, uh, standing up and doing some squats. And I like to take my elbows between my knees and pry my knees apart while I'm in that squat position to kind of help loosen up the, the, the groin a little bit as well. Um, and then also a variety of, of lunges works really well here if, you're, if your knees can take it. And then once you, you've done all of these exercises, it's, it's, you're ready to do maybe some neuroactivation uh, exercises, which just means basically you're either going to be uh, sprinting or jumping. And uh, or, or or both, but you don't want these sprints or jumps generally to be too fatigue. They're they're really just meant to kind of wake up your nervous system. So uh, jumping onto a box, doing some box jumps, or doing some broad jumps. Um, ideally, maybe on a hill if you have access to a hill. That way, you don't have the the impact um, on your legs too much from those broad jumps, or uh, any variation of a sprint, whether that is running sprints. Uh, for you know five to ten seconds at a time or uh, pushing a sled doing some sled sprints or even like uh, hopping on a rower or a bike and doing a couple five to ten second sprints and by a couple I would mean probably somewhere between three and six ten to fifteen second sprints um, and that would be uh, to non-fatigue, and you, you can go pretty high effort, 85 to 95% for 5 to 10 seconds and not totally, you know, be wasted for the rest of the workout in terms of uh, energy level, okay? 
And then, by the way, with any of those warm-up exercises, generally anywhere between 5 and 15 reps of each one, leading up to this, uh, th these sprints and jumps, these neuroactivation, um, you, you can do these only for uh, 3 to 6 sets, and then you're going to be ready to move on to the main exercise of the day. Uh, which is going to ideally be some sort of strength emphasis. So you want to get stronger with this movement. And uh, I have most people go with a variation of a squat or a deadlift um, in terms of their main lift for uh, legs. But uh, that doesn't mean that that's a, there is no absolute with that. So you could also have your main lift be in another category uh, where the category could be uh, some, some form of a squat, some form of a deadlift, some form of a uh, single leg unilateral exercise such as a lunge or a Bulgarian split squat, or you can even get into the category of a loaded barbell hip thrust as your main leg movement of the day. Uh, to help develop some strength for yourself. Now, uh, there's tons of different variations of, say, squats, where you could do uh, front squats or uh, safety bar squats, back squats, overhead squats. Those all work really well. If you need uh, something that is maybe less of a compression on your spine, uh, if you have like a a back issue, you could always do a, like a belt squat. Uh, those became really, really popular in 2018. Uh, or I would kind of put, mm, some people might get angry with this, but it is very similar of a movement, um, like a hack squat or a leg press. I You, you could put in this category. Um, I'd rather you be doing leg press than nothing at all. So um, put that into that category. And then in terms of anybody doing uh, deadlifts if you if your back is not too friendly with deadlifts then you could always use a hex bar or a trap bar with that and then um, if you're not particularly keen on lunges or Bulgarian split squats I would put sled pushing into the category of kind of unilateral independent leg strength and then uh, Loaded barbell hip thrusts are pretty low impact. I don't really see a lot of people having issues with, with that exercise. But um, anyway, it kind of depends on who you are in terms of like what you're ready for and what you're willing to do and what your goals are of how many reps and how many sets you'll be doing for this main lift of the day. I would say... Um, you, you can go into any of these these following uh, reps and sets. If you're looking for true absolute strength and you don't have a lot of uh, injuries and you've been lifting for a good amount of time, um, you could do anywhere between 8 and 10 sets of 2 to 3 repetitions, which would be known as doubles and triples of this main lift. So basically... You, uh, you won't be doing you know, your typical three sets of this exercise. You'll be doing anywhere between eight and ten sets of two to three reps. And then if uh, you're, you're not keen on lifting that heavy in particular, then the next stage up from there, I would say something like six sets of four repetitions would be 
you know, it, obviously you wouldn't be lifting as heavy if you're doing four reps versus two to three. And then beyond that, uh, five sets of five is very, very common and has been proven to work with lots of it, different individuals, not just my clients, but then also all over the world. That, that, that's been pretty popular for years now. Uh, you could do four sets of six. And then finally, for some people, three sets of eight repetitions. Eight reps might be the lowest, um, or, or I, I should say the highest amount of reps that you would go to, to get a uh, uh, more of a strength emphasis, especially for a beginner. So if you've if you kind of laid a foundation and you've uh, you're starting to lift some heavier weights, then maybe three sets of eight is the way to go for you. But before you do these main working sets, so this is where you're lifting heavier weights. After that main warm up that we discussed, and you do the neuroactivation jumps or sprints uh, to non fatigue, you don't just go straight into lifting heavy. You're probably going to want to do one to five sets of uh, warm up or work up sets to get yourself ready for those heavier weights. Uh, for the most part, uh, I have most of my clients are doing anywhere from two to four, I would say, but I kind of broaden that for the discussion here of one to five sets to where um, you're, you're only, yeah, I wouldn't really lift too many repetitions within the warm up. You might start off with, you know, just lifting the bar or whatever for a set of 10. And then as you're working up with with weight, then you're going to um, only do like sets of three to five reps for the for the most part until you get to uh, uh, closer to a weight that is challenging for you. And then you do your main working sets. And uh, a little hint here too is I would pair these uh, working sets that you eventually get to for this main uh, strength exercise of the day and do non-fatiguing uh, core exercises. So what that means is uh, do like a, a plank variation or a pull-off press variation uh, to non-fatigue. And so if you can hold like a one-minute plank and that's pretty challenging for you, maybe in between these sets of squats or deadlifts or whatever you're doing, you hold a plank for 15 to 20 seconds. It's not going to be very challenging for you, and that's not really the point. The point is to keep your kind of core activated and engaged. And actually, um, if you are lifting uh, and you have your core activated, your hips are going to uh, automatically become more mobile, and you're going to be able to squat deeper or hinge at your hips way, way easier. So it's it, that... that that's just neuroscience. That's just something that uh, coaches have figured out over the last uh, probably recent 10 to 20 years, not very long. This is this is not uh, old school thinking. This is kind of new science it's, that's, a, that's risen up. And um, But again, you could do this in between as kind of like a way to uh, pass the time a little bit because when you're doing these strength sets, you, you're, you're not going to want to do them where you're only resting like 30 seconds. You're going to want to give yourself uh, anywhere from one to one to four minutes, I would say, of rest in between your sets to make sure uh, that you are nice and recovered. Now, the heavier, heavier you're going, if you're doing those eight to ten sets of two to three reps, you're probably going to want to rest uh, a significant amount of time 
in between. And so that might mean that your your this main lift is going to take up 20 to 30 minutes of your workout. And that's okay. Uh, it's just it is what it is. If that's your goal, that's that that's uh, what you're going to have to do to uh, get stronger. Okay. And then uh, the next thing that you would do is you would move on to some auxiliary exercises. And so you've already done the main strength thing, and then you're going to go, uh, my suggestion, you're, you're not going to do another super heavy uh, exercise. You're going to go with more of a moderate weight with moderate repetitions. And so again, it does depend on your goal. So if you were doing the uh your your previous strength exercise whether it's a squat deadlift hip thrust bulgarian split squat lunge whatever it was and you were doing uh the two to three rep range of really heavy weight your moderate weight might feel more like a uh be in that five to six repetitions and you would do that for four to five sets if you were doing that five sets of five that i was talking about earlier on that main lift you would maybe do more like eight reps with this auxiliary exercise that you're about to do for three to four sets. And if earlier you were doing, if you're a beginner and you're just getting into the strength stuff and you were doing eight reps for your strength training on that main exercise, maybe this auxiliary exercise is going to be more like 12 to 15 repetitions for like three sets. Okay. And what you want to do is pick an exercise from a category other than the one you just performed. All right. So... The categories would be squats, deadlifts, also known as hinging, hip thrusts, and kind of split stance single leg exercises. So if, if you did squats on the main strength exercise that you did before, you would pick something like a deadlift, a hip thrust, or a split stance single leg exercise. I hope that makes sense. Or if you did deadlifts, Earlier, you would you could then do a squat variation, or if you did a hip thrust earlier, then you could do a squat variation now, or a deadlift, or uh, a single leg split stance exercise. Okay, so there's lots of exercises to choose from. I, I've written some down here. So in the squat category, your auxiliary exercise could be something like a dumbbell squat. It could be any variation of a barbell squat. It could be a kettlebell squat or it could be a belt squat, like I said earlier, gaining popularity and a lot of gyms are getting belt squat uh, machines and racks. Uh, deadlifts, you have your typical barbell deadlift, you could do kettlebell deadlifts, you could do uh, dumbbell deadlifts or you could do um, something like a kettlebell swing, kind of put that into that category for uh, the auxiliary. For hip thrusts, you could do uh, you could do regular barbell hip thrusts, or you could do it with uh, some bands attached to the sides and do some band-resisted hip thrusts. And in terms of your split stance single leg exercise, Bulgarian split squats is the king. Uh, I advocate those for anybody that can, uh, you know, execute them with proper form. Step ups is another variation. Lunges uh, or sled pushing could be into this category as well. And uh, this auxiliary exercise that you're now doing, I would pair that with a more challenging core exercise. So earlier for the main strength exercise, I was indicating that you should maybe do a non-fatiguing core exercise in between. That way it doesn't impact the exercise directly because your main goal is to get stronger on that main lift. And also we want that activated core to make your hips move easier. But then... 
if we're going to pair this auxiliary exercise, we're going to want to pair it with, uh, I, I like the core, um, some sort of you know abdominal or maybe even a low back exercise. But you can make it a little bit more challenging. So anything like a, any plank variation, pull-off press, uh, dead bugs, knee raises, sit-ups. Um, and I love doing crawls or carries as a partner to these uh, auxiliary leg exercises. Now, the one thing I would say with the carry, I would not pair a deadlift, if that is your auxiliary exercise of the day. I would not pair a deadlift then with a uh, carry because a lot of carries do utilize grip strength and then one of the exercises is going to suffer. Uh, probably both of them. So if you're doing maybe like a auxiliary lift at a squat, you're doing like a goblet squat uh, as a follow-up to your main lift that s say was a deadlift. Then now you're doing the goblet squat paired with a farmer's carry. That's a great little combo to do uh, together. And again, this could be, you could do anywhere between three and five sets of these auxiliary pairings together, which is going to take you roughly probably another uh, six to ten minutes if you're kind of keeping after it uh, for the day. All right. And then uh, what you could do next, which is not always needed for everybody, is weak point training. So if you have like, uh, you know, if your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, or your calves uh, need some work, then this might be a good time to do it, which is kind of after your main strength exercise of the day, after kind of your main auxiliary pairing, but before you do your finisher of the day, I would do the weak point training um, if you need it. And for your quads, I love lunges, I love single leg squats, and I love banded or cable terminal knee extensions. So if you don't know what a terminal knee extension, it's just basically where you are uh, in a standing position and you are pushing uh, your knee from a slightly bent position back into the locked out position. Um, if you want a better visual, just YouTube, uh, Terminal Knee Extension or TKE, and uh, I'm sure there's plenty of videos out there to show you. So those are all great quad exercises. And for hamstrings, uh, kettlebell swings, straight-legged deadlifts, or any type of uh, suspension trainer, or if you want if, if your gym has TR, TRX straps, that's the same thing. Uh, TRX or ball leg curls, and that's where you're face up and you put your heels on the TRX or the ball, you lift your hips, and then you curl your heels towards your butt and use your hamstring to do that exercise. Uh, that's probably my uh, my favorite hamstring exercise for uh, developing somebody's weaker hamstrings. Okay, and in terms of glutes, glutes are probably the number one thing that are weak in most people. Um Really, the best way to get your glutes stronger um, is probably going to do squats. Now, with squats, though, you want to do them a little bit lower because a lot of people do too shallow of a squat and that they can't get into that deeper squat because hip mobility, knee mobility, or ankle mobility. So uh, one of the best ways that you can do that is by warming up properly, but then also focusing on getting that depth better. And so it might be to use lighter weight because when people get too heavy a weight, they're going to end up compensating by not being able to go as deep. 
your glutes are going to work more in a squat the, the the deeper you go. Now, I'm not saying you go to the point where you're, um, you know, you're going. You don't need to go ass to grass all the time, but you do want to be going to at least where your your uh, thighs are parallel to the floor. Okay, uh, and the reason for that is the hamstrings are more used in the top end of a squat, and then the glutes are going to be more used at the bottom of a squat. So if you're not reaching that bottom position, then you're really never activating your glutes to their fullest extent when you are doing squats. All right. Um, I also like higher step ups to develop your your glutes. So that means that you need to find a challenging height of a box or a bench that you can step on onto. And if you kind of think about it, um, you want your knee to step up onto something that's a little bit higher than uh, waist height. So um, I probably said that wrong. I apologize. So when your knee drives up to step onto whatever platform you're about to get onto, your knee want, you need to drive your knee a little bit higher than waist height. So if you're stepping onto a box and your knee is, is only having to drive up a little bit, like six to 12 inches, and you're not getting your knee driven up high enough, then it's, it's probably not going to activate very well. So you want that to be a, a, a challenging height to step onto. So you can kind of experiment with that in your gym. And then also, obviously, any type of hip thrust variation. It doesn't have to be barbell hip thrusts. It can be bodyweight hip thrusts, banded hip thrusts. Um, I like looping a band around um, my client's knees, just above their knees. Um, so like a hip circle works really well. You separate the knees so you kind of have that those glutes firing automatically and then you lift your hips uh, for your hip thrust. So that is th th those are all great exercises for your glutes. Now in terms of developing uh, weak calves, the jumping rope really doesn't do it very well. And the reason for that is jumping rope is great for cardio and conditioning, but it's, uh, it's utilizing a lot of elastic properties of the Achilles tendon. So what you would want to do is, uh, of course, do calf raises, uh, standing and seated. They both work uh, the muscles in your calves differently. The soleus and the gastrocnemius are, are used differently in each of those exercises as a prime mover. But no matter what calf exercise you're doing, you want to do uh, pauses at the top end to where your calves are fully flexed and then when then they're fully stretched. You don't want to be doing the bouncy effect that you get from uh, something like jump rope or j jumping jacks or jumping in place. Your, your, your calves are not going to develop that well with those. What you want to do is, so say you're standing there and you're doing a calf raise, you want to you know, raise your heels up off the floor and you want to do that flex position for like a one to two second count and then lower them and get them to that stretch position. Hold that for one to two second count and then repeat. Generally, the calves respond really well to high repetitions, so 20 to 30 repetitions. Uh, if you would do that, you're probably going to see some good results. Okay, little tip for you there. And then what you would do after all of this weak point training is finish with a high rep, you know, uh, sets to burn out, finish off and develop conditioning for, uh, your heart and your lungs and also to gain endurance in the, in the, in your leg muscles. 
So we've done both ends of the spectrum at this point, or we're about to. You did you did the strong end of the spectrum where you're lifting heavier at the very beginning. You also um, did the more moderate stuff there in the middle, and then we're going to finish at this point with the high rep uh, stuff to burn out on and uh, help develop some endurance, and then your muscles respond well to all these different stimuli. It's, it's all going to be good for you. And some ways that um, you could do this would be with a two to three minute, as many reps as possible of any given exercise for your legs. And the exercise that I would choose would be, again, from a category that you have not done yet. And those categories, again, are squats, deadlifts, hip thrusts, and single leg split stance exercise. So if you did your main lift was a squat and then your auxiliary lift was a deadlift, it looks like you're going to be doing a split stance or a hip thrust for a uh, your, your, your burnout high endurance uh, exercise here. So two to three minutes, uh, as many reps as possible of the exercise. That's a great way. And then if that gets easy, you know, in the future, do four minute, five minute, 10 minute, as many reps as possible. That, that's going to start getting a little ridiculous, but you get my drift. All right. Another thing you could do, and instead of a two to three minute, as many reps as possible, you could do 15 to 20 reps of any given exercise every minute on the minute for five minutes. So if you did 20 reps of bodyweight squats every minute for five minutes, you're going to end up doing 100 reps. If you kind of, uh, as an example. All right, that's another way to do it. Um, that's kind of fun. And then another way that I'll tell you about is uh, doing as fast as possible anywhere between 50 and 100 reps of whichever exercise. All right, and then for you strong guys, you can, or strong, strong guys or girls, you could use a little bit of weight loaded onto your body um, because, you know, 100 bodyweight squats at some point might be get just too easy for you so you might want to do 100 goblet squats as fast as possible holding on to like a 30 pound dumbbell kettlebell whatever it is all right but again choose something from the category that you have not done yet to do this finisher on so that way you're getting well developed uh legs all right and then every uh three to four weeks switch up the exercises in each of these categories so if you if your main lift has been a squat for three to four weeks, maybe the, the next month you do your main lift is a deadlift and you're going heavy on that and then you kind of take the squat and you put it into the either the auxiliary uh, moderate weight, moderate reps or you do it as the finisher. Um, you know, keep things fresh and interesting and your body will continue to progress and develop, be well-rounded, and you're going to minimize the risk of in, uh, injury. So if you're constantly just only doing uh, really heavy squats, you're, you're, you're going to get hurt more than likely eventually. But if you kind of cycle it out and come back to it um, every other month as your main lift, your squats or your deadlifts, you're going you're gonna to be much healthier. Okay. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about is considerations for lifters over the age of 30, which includes myself. Um, if, you're, if you're a little banged up by this point, then you might want to change up a little bit of what I've, I've talked about today, where uh, earlier 
I said you should do you warm up first and then you do your main strength exercise, then you do the auxiliary and then you do the finisher. But if you're, you know, 30 plus years old, you're banged up, maybe what you do instead is you warm up of course, then you do you kind of extend the warm up longer and do some more auxiliary and weak point training, then do your main lift. And then you could do your finisher or your burnout. And the reason why I say this, um, I got this idea from Joe DeFranco, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, is um, you, you want to be really warmed up for that main lift when you're going to be lifting the, the heavier weights of the workout. And so why not just give yourself that much longer to get uh, grease the groove, uh, get your body ready for that heavier lifting? Or that main lift. So you do it closer to the workout. Uh, you, you might be saying like, well, I'm not going to be able to lift as heavy. Well, who cares? I mean, um, I, I know you care a little bit, but don't you care more about lifting for the long term instead of getting a PR that day? So what this will do um, is you know, make it a little bit safer, you're probably going to lift a little bit lighter because you've done more exercise before this main lift of the day. Uh, so you're going to be a little bit more tired. The The muscles might be a little bit more exhausted. But in this case, you, you might want to think more about what is the minimum weight you're happy with lifting, not the maximum amount of weight that you can lift. Because more likely than not, um, it's it's realistic. Your max, if you've been lifting a long time, is is more than likely in your past. All right, uh, really heavy lifting. There's a reason why you know the people are, are younger that get you know to the Olympics for this type of stuff. Um, and so uh, the, there's there's not a lot of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that are in the Olympics uh, setting world records. And so think about what you're minimally happy with and then strive to hit that goal. That might be a little bit better way to do it. And so uh, how can you make lighter weights feel heavy? Well, um, for one, you could do what I just told you to do is pre-exhaust your muscles with some auxiliary exercises with the extended warm-up. You could also do uh, pause repetitions. That's where you are pausing at a uh, position within the movement. So it's like a, like a squat. You squat down, you pause for one to three seconds, and then you come back up. That's going to make the exercise more difficult. You could do one and a half reps. That's where you go uh, into the fully stretched you know, position, and then you uh, do like a little pump. Where uh, So saying like in a squat, you squat down, you come halfway up, you squat down again, and then you come all the way up. There's like that little bit of a pump at the bottom of that squat. You can do that with a lot of exercises, including Bulgarian split squats. You can do that with uh, lunges. You can do that with squats. You can do that with a lot of different things. Uh, and then slow, eccentric uh, exercises. That's where you are lowering the weight to the floor a little bit more slowly and not just... Um, doing the repetitions as fast as you can. So you're going with a lighter weight, and to make it more difficult, you're going to slow down the repetitions just a little bit. Okay, so the, um, those are my favorite ways to make light weights feel heavy 
Um, you make your muscles more tired before you even do the main lift. That's one. One and a half reps is two. Pause reps is three. And slow eccentrics or the lowering phase of the lift is four. So there you go. And most of these ideas, um, they're not original ideas. I, I, I get them from... People that uh, I respect and a lot of these ideas that I talked about today were from Joe DeFranco, which has does have an amazing uh, podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should. It's called The Industrial St uh, Strength Show. You can find that on uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's, it's a huge podcast, uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners, and uh, you can find it on uh, Apple, Google, wherever. Uh, the same amount of whatever you're listening to me on right now, you can find his podcast on the same platform. Okay, um, so there you have it. That's that's a that's a great little bit of of information that you can take in, soak in, uh, try it out yourself on how to make your leg day awesome and get the most out of it um hopefully if if i get a lot of good feedback on this episode i'm going to do uh, an episode on upper body training and maybe one on core training as well so if you like it there's always ways to message me different ways uh, particularly instagram is probably one of the best ways at atlas fitness evolved you can find me there uh youtube facebook just look on any of those social media sites Okay, well, I appreciate you for listening, and remember, if it is important to you, you will find a solution. If it is not, you will find an excuse. Until next time, thanks for listening. Peace!